When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig and I'm joined by Paul Doolan. Hello. And Dave Watson. Why am I always second? Alphabetical. Um, it's not because it's alphabetical. Do you know what I think it is? I think it, there was an era where uh, you were on it less often than Paul was. Uh, so I got into the habit of revealing Paul first, and then, and not only you know the idea that not only do we have Paul, yeah, we also have Dave. And I think considering it's been the same lineup pretty much every podcast for about five years, is anyone surprised <laughs> when they hear? <laughs> is there any suspense anymore? Well, also. Also, I always do you second because I don't think you're as good as Paul. Fair. Fair. At what? In in particular? Sex. Sex. (laughs) Sex. (laughs) So, I mean, the the big question about uh, today's podcast is, will anyone hear it or are we screaming into the void? Because the the last podcast only went, it, it didn't go on to Apple Podcasts which I think is the most common uh, place where people get their podcasts. And for whatever reason that we don't understand, it it didn't land on Apple Podcasts. Um, So we did get a lot of people getting in touch with us saying, um, great, you've got a a new episode, but we can't listen to it. And uh, presumably those people will not hear this either. So, you know, apologies. That's us making it exclusive. Yeah. yeah. It's, like a, it's like an NFT, this podcast. We've got an exclusive, an exclusive deal with NFT those. not fucking there. Yeah. Very good. Very That's great. good. You should Have be you announcing him first, Fergus. Yeah. It's better than me. More comments like that, Dave, and you have a promotion to... A few more of those. And work hard at your sex, <laughs> and you're going to be first name on the team sheet. Yeah. We, should, we should mention the Newcastle Natter NFTs are going <laughs> they are going to be coming out um, we're going to have all different price ranges ranging from 20,000 all the way up to 500,000 but um, do look out for the announcement of the Newcastle Natter NFTs it's a cartoon ape ripping its cock off <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this weekend, uh, I, I don't know about you guys, but I certainly wasn't ripping my cock off to our performance against Manchester City. No. Uh, no. We've, we've played the top two teams in the Premier League in our last two games, uh, probably the top two teams in Europe, despite what happened in the Champions League. You could make, make an argument that they're, that they're the top two teams in Europe. Liverpool, some might say the scoreline flattered us at 1-0. Some might say 
we put in a fairly respectable performance to restrict them to one goal. Five nil. Paul, did the scoreline? Sorry to go to you first, Paul. Yes. Uh, did the, did the score? All right, Dave. No, no, Paul. I'm going to go to Paul. Paul, okay. did the scoreline flatter us against Manchester City five nil? No, it's it's weird. Anytime there's a five nil, usually a couple of the goals come right at the end, and you sort of think, well, maybe that was slightly harsh. But Man City missed quite a few sitters. Dubravka made a couple of decent saves as well. I think if everyone takes their chances, it probably finishes 8-3 or 8-2. But they they just look like they can score and cut through us at any time. Yeah. Dave? No, I agree with that. I, I think that the, the issues that we saw against Man City, the same issues that we saw against Liverpool were... It was just that, I mean, Man City and Liverpool are just much, much better than us. And we've got to remember that we started the season 14 games without a win. We are, I know that we got up to ninth, but we're not that good yet. I mean, we've got some good players, but we're, we're still a bottom half of the Premier League team. So we got a bit of a pumping. And I think that's another thing is that it speaks to the mentality of a couple of the, the old guard. Um, players that we need to replace, you know, players like Lascelles and Shelby and Longstaff and, you know, that that group of players that have been there a long time and that aren't really that good. There's been a lot of um, silly chat since the game, I think, in the media. The headline sort of being, uh, this shows that Newcastle will have a long way to go before they match the likes of Manchester City. Is it that needed to be seen? Yeah. <laughs> is, it like, is it the thought was amongst the Newcastle fan base that we were like, we were knocking on their door already? Yeah, I don't think anyone thought, we've signed Chris Wood, now we can go toe-to-toe with the best <laughs> team in the world, or one of the two best. It, it, I'll be interested to see. I mean, the thing is, our next game, I mean, we're, I'm already talking about our next game, which uh, is a little early for that. But our next game, is, it is at home, but it's against Arsenal as well, who are, um, they're not in the same league as Man City and Liverpool, although obviously they literally are. Um, but uh, they're also a big side. I'll be interested to see how we do against Burnley. In the last game of the season, although that would be a sort of weird dead rubber, probably. I imagine they'll probably already be down by then. Um, what I'm saying I is... we will probably be fighting. I think for, Leeds are more likely to be down by then, aren't they? Have Burnley gone above Leeds now? Oh, I don't know. OK. Well, but I guess what I'm saying is that we went on uh, a run where we gained a lot of momentum in it. We really did turn things around. But we played a lot of... Uh, bottom half sides and although we didn't expect to be knocking on the door of the top sides yet it is a bit of a wake up call it shows that it showed this game showed that there's still a lot of things wrong with our side yeah I I think I think it showed that there's because maybe a lot of people were getting distracted by the you know that that table that was thrown up that um 
only Liverpool have won more points in 2022 and like nobody's taken more points like on the road or at home or you know we're six unbeaten we're six games um, we've won six games in the trot at St James's Park and stuff and people were maybe maybe influenced by that but we're so far behind Arsenal let alone Man City like I there, there was stuff on Twitter that was hyperbolic and like oh we need a complete overhaul of yeah hyperbole um, on Twitter it was just like oh you, we need a complete overhaul of the squad if we want to like get into Europe fucking Europe let's just get top half of the table like next season the the aim should be middle of the you know mid table maybe trying for for top half but that that should be the aim we shouldn't be looking at Europe yet that's that's too far down the road let's just I know we're, you know, quote unquote, the richest club in the world, but when the the approach that they took in January seems the right one, which is a bit more pragmatic, a bit more sensible. That's the approach we should t- take on forward so it's a sustainable mean. approach. I think that makes most sense. I mean, our pragmatic approach was still to spend more than any other club in Europe. Fair. And I do think, I'm not sure, even if our board enlarge a kind of along those lines. I'm not sure the Saudis or any sports washing project are going to be, yeah, let's let's consolidate mid-table and grow over the next five seasons. It'll be interesting to can... see who's wielding the power there when it comes to the summer and how much of a sports can... washing like, project we are. Yeah, But surely you could make a case for a mid-table finish and progression in the Cops but you brought in these better players. Like if we could pull in another one or two players of the standard of Bruno Gumieres, and I mean, I know they're tarting up the, the training ground and I know that they want to announce some, like this new CEO, the new director of football. So I know that those things are in play. So you can still show um, progression and and it's a positive um positive momentum and get like your little sports washing done there you don't need to be here's 200 million pounds we want the champions league because well, you've seen what happened to everton it just doesn't yeah, work but like i that. think 200 million pounds doesn't get you the champions league it gets you like top seven yeah we're um we're veering a long way away from the game itself so we should talk about that a little bit sorry the problem is though when you play a, a Guardiola side, it's you're just watching a better team in training against your players, especially for yeah. some reason with us. But it's quite handy that our bogey team are the probably the best <laughs> team in the country. <laughs> but I think one thing we could say is that um it kind of highlighted where we need to strengthen. It was it was useful in that regard, like Dubravka. Yes, he pulled off some worldies, but he also let in an absolute clangor. Yeah, I think it was noticeable a lot of the time balls were clearly there for him to come and claim, which he was trying to do, and defenders in front of him were panicking. Mm. And just like even Dan Byrne sort of whacked one out. Yeah. Quite odd to see that in Dubravka. It feel yeah, I'm not sure he's quite got the command of his area 
that he needs. No, and and one of the parts of his game that has been lacking, you know, for his entire time at Newcastle is his distribution, and that's something that a team who wants to play a little more possession based than we have been. I think that's definitely something that he'll need to address. Um, then you've got St. Maximum running down blind alleys um, yeah. and making the wrong decisions. Still looks like our most dangerous outlet until Callum Wilson came on the pitch. The minute Callum Wilson came on the pitch, and tribute to a lesser degree, we just looked like better by orders of magnitude. Yeah, I feel like Arsenal will be a good sort of litmus test for how much of an Im- how much of an impact Callum Wilson can make on this team. It'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see what happens there. I'd hope that he um I'd hope that he gets like a little bit longer in his um on the pitch against Arsenal, but I'd be surprised if he he, he was like starting and played 75 minutes. Yeah. Um I've I've just disappeared for about three minutes because of internet problems or something like that. What the fuck have you been talking about? You've been talking about me. Yeah, we have. Yeah, I've got in two footed on you. No, who are you talking about? Who are you talking about? We talked about Dubravka and said how he like he let in he pulled off a couple of good saves, but he let in a clanger, so he should be someone that we replaced. And we talked about Sir Maximum and how he was running down blind alleys and making bad decisions, but he's still our biggest I like think on as well. Did you see match of the day with Shearer sort of highlighting just the lack of defensive cover he gets? Yeah, that that was very noticeable. It it feels like every week we're saying he's a liability, but he's our best player, and he's bound to have a good game soon. That good game needs to come before the end of the season. I I think he'll be off anyway. I think if we get a big bid for him, yeah, and I, I don't, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind I think if we that. Got, I think I said it like, before. I think if we got a 30 million offer from Fulham, say, we would probably take it. I don't yeah. think we will get a particularly big bid for him because I think that over the course of this uh, of a season, he's shown himself to be not as big an asset mm. as you would hope. He's not a 40, 50 million pound player. He's... There aren't no, he's not way, the way with the way, yes, maybe some team will take a risk on him, and and he is unbelievably talented. But there's not a lot of sides now who can carry a liability like that, <laughs> you know, especially if, especially if he's not, he doesn't, what are his stats over the last. Five, um, six years or whatever. Well, first half of the season weren't too bad, but it's in it's, in the in the in the country. Uh, sorry, in the in the top of the league, I think he's about fourteenth or fifteenth for um, progressive carries. I think he's about um, his expected assists per ninety is about like top twenty. He in in Newcastle side he's top for expected goals expected assists shot creating actions uh, progressive carries passes into the box all of those things that you want from attacking player like a creative outlet for Newcastle he's, he's for top Newcastle, yeah and, and for the league he's like yes there are players ahead of him but the players ahead of him are like Mo Salah Trent Alexander-Arnold 
Kevin De Bruyne. Like there's, if you look at the top five or six teams, there are three or four players from each of those teams ahead of him, and then it's him. But the thing about him is that's where a lot of those stats can fall down. So you say Maximan, he can be, he could be number one in the league for progressive carries, hmm. but if he runs with the ball 50 yards with the ball every time, beats four players and then loses it to the fifth, hmm. then that's a lot, a lot less valuable than a lot of other acts you could do on a pitch. And, sure. And, 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 and in terms of, and, and yes, I'm sure if he was in some other sides with more deadly strikers or fitter strikers or whatever, then he would have more assists to his tally. There's been a few seasons now, and goal involvements, goals and assists, it's not that high. It's not a £30 million player in terms of that. But then, but then I guess the the gamble for teams like, um, like well, Fulham are coming up. A, a, a team like Fulham, a team like... Because Bournemouth have come up, haven't they? Mm. And now it's... Yeah, so... Those two might look at um, Alan at maximum and think, you know what, we are going to be fighting against relegation. He could be the difference between a nil-nil and a one-nil for us. Like he could be, and uh, and they need to take that punt in the same way we did when we bought him. I, I might be wrong. What, I might be wrong, but I think that they will also be looking at him and saying, "We're going to be really fighting for every point here. Can we afford to have a guy?" Who's who causes so many defensive problems? I, don't know, I think there's teams, plenty of teams make weird decisions. Look at the players Everton have signed over the last few seasons. You totally see them going for that type of player. So sure. Maxman's an interesting one because you sort of think if we are like how clearly wants us to become a more sort of front foot team. Mm. Maxman is presumably less of a liability in that sort of setup, surrounded by higher quality players. Because mm-hmm. he his best spells seem to have come when him and Wilson are both fit. I don't think that's yeah. by coincidence. So it'll be interesting to see how he gets on between now and the end of the season. His quotes, which he says have been taken out of context, I can't remember exactly what they are, but they're sort of basically what you were saying, Fergus, of or Dave, where if he's got better quality around him in the box, mm. isn't Chris Wood, he probably does get more assists, but then... I think Matt Target could point out if I've got a better left winger in front of me, I concede less goals. Sure, I, th- I think the the quotes that were in that that French magazine, I think they are, I think they're one of those where it, they're reported in the, in the UK negatively, but in other like in France, it wouldn't be seen as that negative. He's saying that part of the reason that I don't pass the ball is because I don't have, like with better players, I'll, I'll, I'll create more chances. I think if you stick Dwight Gale instead of Chris Wood, Alan St. Maxman would have had more assists and more, more goals likely because Dwight Gale's quite happy to do some of the running. I think Chris Wood's just the wrong striker. I, I, I think St. Maxman and I, and there are a lot of things I love about him. I don't want to turn him into like, Oh, I hate St. Maxman. Like, he's been one uh, thing to really enjoy about this club in the last two or three years, Mm. and I'm glad we've had him. And you know, but I don't. I don't. I think Alan St. Maxman 
whatever side you put him in in the world. If you put him beside Zidane, both Ronaldo's, <laughs> all of the greatest players, Messi and everyone, he Jeff Hendrick. Jeff Hendrick. Yeah. He is still going to try and beat one too many men yeah. and pass the ball. Yeah. That is who he is as a player. Yeah. Right? Well, this is yeah. why Vieira fell out with him as well as his manager. It's not, it's not like a new thing. I think Steve Bruce was kind of perfect for him. Mm. And we were, because of the way we've been under Ashley, we were willing to have that type of player because that was sort of the only ray of light in going to a game. But we, it just makes feels like we've moved beyond that now, and he's not progressed. Like you could see, I think there's an argument where you'd be like, "Oh, maybe he'll become like sort of Riyad Mahrez and just sort of get settle it." In. Yeah, but it's just it's it just does make me laugh though. Like I'm 40 years old, and we've had in my time, I can think of four good French left wingers. And every single one of them has been pilloried for their lack of tracking back and they're too much of a, uh, like a liability defensively and they don't do this, they don't do that. Hatem Ben Arfa, Lauren Robert, David Ginola and now St Maximum. And I do think there's an element of, the, of, of English football fans where there's an expectation of your flair player to do defensive work where there is not an expectation of your defensive player to do flare work. And I I think that's that's a quirk of the of the English football fans, certainly. I don't mind that Alan Sir Maximum doesn't track back as much as I don't know, fucking Gumieris does, or as much as um say Ryan Fraser. I don't mind so much. I get more I get more annoyed with him. In terms of they're not tracking back, I get far more annoyed with him losing the ball in the final third when he could have played a pass. <laughs> yeah. all, all on the halfway line yeah. Yeah. in the middle of a counter-attack and everyone's further... Fo- he leads to us being in some of our most dangerous like defending positions. Yeah, but he's he still, also He's leads, still individually he's still our best player, probably. Yeah, I think that's but the I also think he can be that and a liability. It's like when yeah. you... In the sort of Letizia and Georgie Kinkladze era of the Premier League, when you had all these number 10s who were amazing footballers, but it was no coincidence their teams kept getting relegated because it was just a luxury you couldn't have (laughs) at that time. He could, he has the ability and the potential. I could still, it's, what is he now, 25? Yeah, 24, 25. I mean, so... We'll see. I, he still has the ability to get sold this summer, go to Roma or something. Although I can't see Mourinho. Yeah, that's the Mourinho. But going to Italy and doing a Mohamed Salah and coming back. And I don't know, I don't know if he's ever going to be Salah level, but he does have the potential to go on to become a way, way better player who suddenly yeah. has an incredible season where he, he he scores 20 and makes 10 or whatever. So he's going to have to change his game to become that player. So it's sort of... Yeah. Yeah. He he needs to watch that um, that clip of um, from goal 
where the like the I don't know Sven Joran Eriksson like stand-in that was the manager of Newcastle in that film right. teaches teaches the the young Santiago Munez just just pass the ball it ball travels faster than you can like you know that's what he needs to watch okay well if you're listening if you're listening Alan those are your instructions get on it okay so what we're going to do now is we're going to have a quick break and then there's much more to talk about including some of your questions and comments from social media see you in a moment Hello, welcome back to the Newcastle Natter. I'm going to go straight in with uh, some correspondence from Twitter at Newcastle Natter. Do follow us there. Uh, we've got one here from uh, Toonami of the of the Potomac, which is the Newcastle United Supporters Group for the Washington DC metro area. I don't know if we've ever had correspondence from you. Great to have you on board. I love DC. Have you been to DC, guys? Nope. I have. Cool city. Or Doncaster, yeah. Washington, DC. It's in America. It's actually a cat the capital. A lot of people think it's New York, but it's actually Washington, DC. Um, uh, Toonami uh, of the Potomac says, feel like the criticism of uh, the wood acquisition is off base. We desperately need, needed a striker. And if you weren't there, Joe Linton would still be rotting at the number nine. Uh, seems like a fair enough comment. Anything you want to say about Wood? I kind of think in some games you can see the merit of having Wood. Like he's won a lot of balls, but I'm not... I don't know if it's worth spending the amount we did to weaken Burnley, which seems like it was probably not needed anyway, although hindsight's quite useful for that. But also it's like why spend the second most we're going to spend on a signing in quite an important window on someone who before too long will be third or fourth choice striker i think i think would... even if we'd signed is it Weghorst that burnley replaced him with i'm not sure that would have been much worse and that would have been a lot cheaper i think 25 million could have got us a much better striker i mean I yeah with hindsight sense. yeah I was going to Sorry. say. I think. It, I was going to say. I think it made sense as a signing. You could make the argument for it. Argument for it at the time, and we did. But on reflection, it's not been a disaster or anything. No, I think you could have but, made. I think but, a lot of people forget you could make the argument against at the time. Of, he was having his worst thinking. season for Burnley. So if I could going, just finish a sentence, please. No. <laughs> I think you could make. Sorry, yeah. carry on. <laughs> well, what I was going to say... Um, <laughs> go on, Fergus. I was just saying that everyone involved in signing him probably hoped he would do a bit better than he has. They were probably yeah. Yeah. from him. I, th- I think that the, the key thing for me is that it was uh, £25 million Definitely gets Chris Wood. Definitely. That's his transfer release clause. If we'd gone to try and sign Vegaost for 25 million, they would have pushed for more because of, you know, 
how much money we apparently have, whether we spend, we're willing to spend it or not. And it could have been more protracted. It could have been more difficult and et cetera, et cetera. And with Chris Wood being of his age, we don't need to give him a really long contract. We don't have to give him anything else. With Wegos, it would have been like four or five years. It could have been like more costly to move him on in the future. Wegos does so not... Hasn't Wegost only scored one goal? So wouldn't we be... I think he's got two. We'd be in sort of the same boat. But my point is, it wasn't a choice between Wood and Weghorst. And it, we weren't always going to get... We didn't pay over the odds for, say, Dan Byrne or Kieran Trippier. There are... We seem... We can't just say, oh, we're going to pay over the odds, except for these examples where we haven't in every other signing. I, I don't think there's any shame in admitting it was a bad signing. And you could no, look I, at his form this season and think, why Why is a club paying £25 million for that player? And also, why is a team with the players Newcastle has and a team that wants to start playing more front-footed, progressive possession football signing that player? I think £25 million could have been invested a lot better. I don't think it's been a disaster. But the main metric for a striker is goals, and he's got one. Well, what we know is... well. That's not. That's an overuse. That's a common fallacy. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's not. True. <laughs> like it's, no, that's what. Like that's what the older pundits on Match of the Day are always. That's what Danny Murphy would say. Hey, <laughs> yeah. don't lump me in with Danny Murphy. <laughs> if you're a striker, you've got to score goals. That's my Danny Murphy impression. It doesn't. <laughs> um, that was closer to Danny Dyer. I don't know what that was. <laughs> Um, so, uh, I think he's fine. He's fine, and we'll, he, like you say, he'll be third or fourth choice next season, hopefully. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if we moved him in on for a very big loss. But it was a we need a striker that, there and then. So let's get him. So you're basically saying it's it's not worked out, and we'll make a loss on him. But it's not been a bad signing. <laughs> oh no, it's it's not. I just don't care. It's, We're dancing it's on the head of a pin now. It yeah, matter. yeah, yeah. Well, um, move on. I think what we do know is that we do need to sign another striker in the summer because we cannot yeah. rely on Wilson to start 30, 40 games a season. No. Um, Paul M says, fancy sticking with the same formation, formation rather than changing every five minutes like an experienced manager would. Do you think our summer spending... I think that was, I should have said, fancy sticking with the same formation rather than changing every five minutes like an experienced manager would. I think that's the way it was meant to be delivered. Uh, Do you think our summer spending will be influenced by the boss's preferred formation or will he have flexibility in mind? Um, I don't know. I I think perhaps House picked the best formation to play the kind of football he thinks we need to play this season. But if we go off and, and for sign, who we had, it's not like he was he usually. That's not what like he's not playing what he played at Bournemouth. At Bournemouth, us, no, no. I, I'd expect to, I'd expect him to identify like a better player that allows him to play closer to the style that is his like preferred choice. Um. Simon Rayner says, says, not downloading on Overcast either. Have you managed to get a fix sorted? Well, we don't know. 
We don't know. Is this podcast going into the void? We don't know. I'd never even heard of Overcast. So, um, Tyne, Tyne Thames. Uh, it's very good to get, we're getting a lot of um, correspondence from people who don't normally tweet us, so that's nice. And Tyne Thames says, I've never heard this thought before. Would you guys support dropping the United from our name and just go with the city name like Liverpool do? We are a one-club city, so might as well make the most of it. Is anyone into that idea? <laughs> Does it what, what, get... other, what other one-club cities, of course? It's Leeds United, isn't it? Yeah. There's no, like, Leeds City. No. Well, because it's a truly united city. Well, I don't like... think the United has anything to do with whether it's a one-club city or not. Well, it was because we were East End and West End, and then we we became the one club city when the two Newcastle clubs united. I came about, but now I mean a lot of Manchester United, Sheffield United, a lot of them are in West Ham United cities mm. with more than one club. But basically, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't want to. I, have, I have never heard that suggested in my life, and. Um, I think it's fair to say if Mike Ashley suggested doing that, <laughs> there would be a revolution. Uh, no, I, think, I wouldn't want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> unless you unless you replace United with a really cringy, like Blaze. <laughs> really like late 90s sports franchise feel. Cobras. Newcastle Cobras. Yeah, would you... Would you... If on the day that we got taken over by the Saudis. If you put aside um, any uncomfortable feelings about our new owners and just had all the joy of being such a rich club and getting rid of, rid of Mike Ashley, if if that takeover had been accompanied by us changing our name to the, to the Newcastle Pelicans, <laughs> <laughs> would you have been okay with it? <laughs> Probably not. No, no. I wouldn't have been okay with it, but I wouldn't have had it. No. The the, uh, thingy flags with a massive Go Pelicans surfer flag going up the stand. (laughs) But it's like when um, Cardiff City were bought out and um, Vincent Tan Tan wanted to change the, like, I think he changed the the home shirt, didn't he, to red when they'd always been playing in blue. And wasn't Hull, didn't they get their name get changed to like whole tigers. Whole tigers. Yeah. yeah. Which is just awful. It's just like, no, the, I'm not adverse to like some changes, but there's something like the, the name of the club is sacrosanct to me. You can't, you can't fuck with that. I really like American sports and, uh, I'm quite into baseball these days. Also, you have these like phenomenal, athletes who are very skilled and a lot of them very tough men wearing pajamas and being like i play for the pirates (laughs) (laughs) they've got like a picture of a pirate i wear a hat with a picture of a pirate on it (laughs) but there's like pittsburgh penguins well the penguins isn't what i would think of as like an intimidating animal I can understand like the Florida Panthers or the New Jersey Devils or something like that. But 
the penguins. No. There's loads of them. There's loads of them that are quite silly. I mean, we are called the magpies, but we're not called when, the Newcastle magpies. It's yeah, yeah, that would be weird. Uh, Stephen says, assuming we have a decent transfer window, where do you think Newcastle will finish next season? Let's, let's do it. We're, let's just assume that we have whatever you think is the most likely transfer window that we will have. Mm-hmm. Where do you think we will finish the season? I'm going to go top eight, I think. Yeah, I think I'm going to be a little less positive and say, like, top ten. I'm going to say top ten, but you'd hope for top eight. I think I think. I think it really depends on, on what, 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 like you were saying about how... Um, how patient the new owners are, because I think if they take the same approach, I mean, fucking hell, have you seen the free transfer list? Um, some of the players on there, like Lingard, Tarkovsky, Nketiah, if we could, uh, we won't, but if we picked Lacazette. up those three, Lacazette, if we picked up three of those four and then went off and signed a couple of like Bruno Gumieras quality young players from abroad, yeah, 100% we could finish top eight. 100%. Yeah. I'm not massively excited by any of those. I think the one that excites me. Nketiah is really good. Nketiah looks good. really good. Nketiah, yeah, he's on form now and has a lot of potential. I would I like, imagine we'll be trying to get Christian Eriksen. That would be uh, that would be like a, an upgrade on Lingard. I think Lingard would still be very good. You look at what he did at West Ham. I know it was over a year ago. Yeah, but there's also players on the free transfer list that like uh, Hoffenheim. There's a Grillish who's um, who's a oh, defensive yeah. midfielder, and he's you know you pull him in alongside Bruno and maybe Christian Eriksen or Lingard or something like that, and suddenly your midfield is really fucking good. I'm going to say higher than eight would be way ahead of schedule and very impressive. I'd say lower than tenth would be uh, a disappointment. Mm. So yeah. I'm, I'm spread betting on eight, eighth, ninth, or tenth. Yeah, I think if we look, if you look at the table it? right now, like Brighton and ninth, Palace are tenth. You would hope that we could get out of that. Yeah, I think it's going to boil down to if we can get in the level of striker we've apparently been looking mm. at, then I think. That'll be a cut above any striker in that level of team. But there's a there's a long way to go because that we did have this period of form, but momentum is a massive thing, and form is a, a, a massive thing. We were not we were the second best form side in 2022 for a while. Mm-hmm. But we are we are not that side. I know no one's saying that we are, but like we. We currently do, we do not have a top ten squad at the moment. No. no, but I think if you extrapolate our form since how arrived over a season, yeah, that probably is top ten. Yeah, but yeah, yeah definitely. That is, I I don't think our form. I don't. I, I think it's it's. It was there was a lot of momentum and it turned around. I don't think that is something that could be sustained over a season. Yeah, I think we. Yeah. I think also that um, the players that we've been missing 
for a large chunk of house rain would have improved our performances in a few of the games. So our form would have been, not just our form, but our like quality would have been a lot better because Wilson is a huge upgrade on Chris Wood and Kieran Trippier is a massive upgrade on the much improved Emil Kraft. Yeah. I think as well, the thing that stopped our form is playing Liverpool and Man City. I think that mm. stopped most teams. Yeah. <laughs> I just keep, keep thinking how Everton, are, Everton and Man United in different ways are such cautionary tales. They're an example of like, and it's one of the reasons why football is so good because people go on about like money equals success and it does to a degree. Mm-hmm. Obviously, one of, if not the biggest factor, but like, you can spend a lot of money mm. and still get it wrong. I think yeah. our winter window is reassuring in that way. The type of signings yeah. we made, yeah, it is, it is. And <laughs> I mean, I mean, Everton still, and like you looked at it from the outside, and you would say, well, that might be good. They were still getting like Deli Alley and Van der Beek. Like two signings, two like yeah. Outside you go, well, yeah, they might do well for them. Total disasters. Yeah, it's like you can, and which could easily be the case with Lingard or Tarkovsky or even. Sure. There's no guarantees at all. And I think I think the big thing for for us is that the new owners are going to want. Um, they need success on the pitch. They need. They need like trophies to 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 get that sports washing so where man you have got the fame and the, the trophies in the cabinet so their owners have like looked more at success in the balance sheets i think our owners are going to want to get the football right and they're looking more at the way man city run their city group and they're looking at how liverpool have done their um their recruitment and they're, they're taking lessons from those clubs rather than uh, Everton who seem to take their lesson from fucking QPR. Like they Everton were just, just badly run by people yeah. who don't have a clue about football. Man U, like you say, are just wanting to be the most commercially successful club. They're like a, a mega buck version of Mike Ashley's Newcastle where it's like league yeah. position is one of the least important things. I think, yeah, to, you don't get into sports washing to not have sporting success. That's sort of the only reason, or the that's the only aim. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean thing. it's easy to get right. But I feel like no. we can already attract a level of player possibly above Everton, or we can at some point soon because of the scale of what the, the long-term project is. Yeah. So far, so far it looks like uh, a project, a, a more appealing project. The start of the project, I would imagine, is quite appealing for, yeah. Yeah, for other players. Um, one more thing uh, from our public, um, Sugar Wookie, he's, I don't know what he's talking about here. He says um, he says that he, he was visiting Newcastle, he went into the club shop, and apparently, he says, uh, he went into the back page memorabilia shop as well. He couldn't get hold of any Newcastle memorabilia. Uh, and apparently the bloke there says just before the takeover, Ashley sold the rights to the club crest 
to ca- to Castor. Is it Castor or Castor, right? Uh, I don't think it's going to be an issue that we need to care Castor. about for very long. Okay. This is why apparently there is no new club merchandise. This is the first I've heard of this. This seems absolutely insane to me that it hasn't been front page news. Now, is he being sarcastic there? <laughs> Or was it There's not much the, going on in the world at the moment. Or was it all over <laughs> shadowed by the takeover? That's what he says. I just want to know, like, front page of what? Like, if you're, if you're suggesting... The Chronicle. Front, yeah, if it's front page, I think maybe it could have one day been front page of the Chronicle. Certainly, yes, I can understand if you think it should have been front page of NUFC.com. Maybe Truth Faith. If I mean, it's just, it, it should be front page of any national newspaper. <laughs> While we're currently going through the biggest economic crisis in the decade and um, the, the, the war in Ukraine, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if it was tongue in cheek. It is. So it I saw that big. Quote. So if it is true, yeah, I I don't know if the guy in the back page is pulling his leg or is maybe misunderstood. Um, from what I understand, the 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 club crest. No, that that's owned by the club. But the the merchandising rights um, to sell the current stock still lie with Sports Direct. So Sports Direct stopped supplying the club shop with any new stuff. And, I mean, the back page memorabilia, they've, they've got loads of Newcastle memorabilia. So if he was after, like, a 2021-22 shirt with a name on the back and he tried to get it at the club shop, he might not have been able to get it. You can certainly still buy it online, but I think that's still through Sports Direct. I don't know. Well, I bought a shirt for my son. And his first reaction was, no! <laughs> <laughs> and then he worked it. No, Daddy, I want Versace. And then he wore it and he liked it. And yeah. he saying, is this cool? But yeah, Sugar Wookie, if you do want merchandise, you can definitely still buy it online. Um, but stocks are running low because, at, like I say, as I understand it, the deal that they've got with Sports Direct about who can sell the merchandise or not, it, I think it's coming to an end, which is why stock's running down. Forget it, forget it. Just wait for the new couple that are NFTs. That's yeah. Then on an NFT. Okay, our next game is against Arsenal. It's on Monday night. It's our last home game of the season. Uh, Paul very kindly uh, helped my brother purchase some tickets. My brother, this goes out to you, Mason. He'll be very excited because he's going to that match. Um, Arsenal at home Monday night. What do you think, Dave? I think we're going to win. Last home game of the season, I think... um, yeah, I think we'll put on a bit of a show. I think um, we'll do 2-1. That'd be lovely. Mm-hmm. Paul? It'll be interesting. To, I'd like to see... Well, I'd hope Trippier and Wilson are fit enough to start. I think I think those two in the starting lineup and the atmosphere of like the last home game, night game of the season, I think... Arsenal, it depends which Arsenal turn up. It feels like if Arsenal really need a win to get in the top four, then we'll beat them. Whereas if <laughs> if they don't, they'll probably batter us. Uh, I think they've been pretty good of late, mm. Arsenal. 
And I think, although we've just played two games where you wouldn't expect us to get a point, I feel like uh, with a lot of momentum has gone. Do we know if Cher's available? Because he feels like the biggest miss lately. Yeah, Lascelles is awful. I don't think Cher's... I think he was... I think he was like touch and go for the Man City game. I thought it was out for the season. But I don't... Yeah, I, I don't think he's going to be risked. Oh, well. According to NUFC.com, he's available. Mm. All right. So, uh, yeah, I think we'll lose it 2-1. Oh, yeah, 1-1. One, one. Okay. Nice clean spread there. All right. Well, uh, let's leave it there. Thank you very much, Paul Doolan. Thank you. Thank you to you, Dave Watson. Thanks, Fergus. And thank you to you, the Newcastle Natter listener. Don't forget to get one of them NFTs. Look out for it. Bye. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.